My first uh, experiences as a college professor was face-to-face during my doctoral program at Ohio State, and I taught undergrad and master students, and I absolutely loved uh, face-to-face learning. And I did that for, mm, I want to say, starting since 2003 mm-hmm. until about two years ago. Mm-hmm. I wanted to explore more about online learning. I've experienced conducting courses through a hybrid component mm-hmm. where it's a little bit of online as well as face-to-face, but I've never been 100% online. And do you know what I discovered? What? Hello and welcome to The Journey, your radio show, hosted by Neville D'Angelo, author of A Soundbite Life and Flight of the Fused Monkeys, a PRG Emerging Technologies Forum keynote speaker and founder of Rio Sports. I am Joseph Ellison. Enjoy! A quick story, I was asked to sit on a panel, um, this, uh, organization called uh, Sisters in Higher Education that was created by uh, Dr. Natalie Jones. And this was, I want to say, at the beginning of COVID. (laughs) And it was a virtual panel that had over 200 um, minority women in higher education to be in attendance. And so great opportunity for networking. And actually, that's what I was asked to present on Mm -hmm. and there was an attendee who reached out to me because I talked about one of my books um, that don't even think about getting your PhD Mm -hmm. and she reached out to me and she expressed to me how she was afraid to get into a doctorate program Mm -hmm. but she really wanted to do it but didn't know how to get started Mm -hmm. so I was like look let's meet let's connect on a weekly basis and let me help you. Mm-hmm. She, during that time, became furloughed as well. Mm-hmm. And through this season of her attending that conference, her being furloughed and pushing out of her, pushing herself out of her comfort zone, mm-hmm. she applied to two PhD programs, and now she she got accepted into both of them. I, <laughs> I'm I'm so excited for her. <laughs> And I just want to encourage even your listeners that your skills, gifts, and talents are needed. Through this pandemic, we need more social workers to work with police officers and criminal justice systems. We need more mental health counselors now because of our social isolation. Mm -hmm. Um, The need for nurses and doctors and public health workers, lawyers, ethical politicians. Like, I hope people are seeing that their gifts and talents are needed. Along the journey, we stop at intriguing places and meet fascinating people with novel solutions to some of life's tricky questions. And we play a few games and track the remarkable characters of three classic books, A Soundbite Life, Flight of the Fused Monkeys, and Illicet, A Time to Begin Again, all of which can be found on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Perhaps I should put it this way. This pandemic... Double pandemic, no, triple pandemic, has flung open many windows, tossed over many rugs, crushed many floorboards, 
and now the grubs are crawling helter-skelter. These are challenges, and for those within our purview, we've opted not to shy away from them, but to seek out and to act on better and best ways to move forward. Dr. Jonathan, creator of the Merit Blueprint, is an education consultant, professor, author, and a transformation coach whose mission it is to help learners succeed in college as well as in life. I've pulled together a few questions seeking how we might best overcome the challenges of returning to school and college and turning the plethora of revealed, shall I say, problems into cornerstone experiences and meritorious transformation. So I'll be right back with our esteemed guest, Dr. Junatay. Hello, Dr. Jonah Tay. I'm so glad that you have accepted our invitation to come on the journey. How are you today? I am wonderful, and I'm so excited to be here with you as well. Well, you know I'm excited too. I'm looking forward <laughs> to your sharing with us. But could you start by telling us a little about yourself and what you do? Yes. So let's just say we were at a coffee shop or just having a conversation. A lot of times I don't like to lead a lot about what I do, mm-hmm. but <laughs> I can't help it, right? Like that's what we have to do. Yeah. But I am a college professor. Um, I'm actually a, um, a social work program uh, director at Union Institute and University. Mm-hmm. And I have uh, a nice size um, student um, um, size. I have about seven um, full-time and uh, part-time faculty. Um, But what I'm really passionate about is that I'm a college coach and mentor. So Uh outside of being a full-time university professor and administrator, my passion is really to coach and mentor uh, college students. And I also help parents of high school students to support their children to get into college and to graduate Um, In four years or less, I help students to overcome academic uh, pitfalls in order for them to graduate on time. Mm -hmm. I also support um, Ph.D. students um, and help them overcome obstacles during their uh, Ph.D. program. Mm -hmm. So I have over 15 years specialized experience in social work and higher education and my research is all about addressing students' non-academic barriers to learning. So um, from large auditoriums to one-on-one conversations in coffee shops, <laughs> I just love helping students um, navigate through their college experience because it's tough. Mm-hmm. It's really tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I love it. So how do new students, especially high school students wanting to enter college, how do they find out about you? 
Yes, definitely they can um, find me on Instagram at Dr. Jonah Tay. Um, they can also go to my website at drjonatay.com. I do have a unique name, and uh, <laughs> Jonah Tay <laughs> is spelled J-O-N-A-T-A-Y-E. So um, I know information will be placed on your po- podcast. Yes, uh, I, I, I will. Well, when we are back, you know, I have some uh, important questions to ask you, um, especially in sight in uh, in light of the fact that we've had this pandemic. It looks in my mind like we've got three pandemics, and um, so it, I'm sure it, it it presents some peculiar issues for you. And I want to uh, come back and talk to you about that. Is that okay? Yes, let's do it. I will be right back. On the journey we share resources you will find useful as you navigate the challenges of your journey. So visit thejourney.riosports.com. The journey is one word, and Riosports is spelled R-Y-O-S-P-O-R-T-S. Thejourney.riosports.com. Perhaps you'd want to check out the shared resources in our personal development segment. So visit thejourney.riosports.com. Well, I'm back with Dr. Joe Nate. Uh, doctor, this pandemic has uh, put us all in peculiar situation, but it's uh, we live in a life of uncertainty. So how is academia preparing for the education and safety of students and faculty in the absence of a firm post-pandemic date? Yes, this is definitely a perplexed <laughs> situation for everyone. And I have sat in a plethora of conversations, read articles, have consulted with my um, faculty, other peers within academia, talked with parents, college students. Like I really wanted to get a well-rounded perspective and angle of like what are what are people thinking and what do you want to do and interestingly most people want to keep moving forward and um even with college students especially those that are in a traditional brick and mortar they are ready to go back to normal (laughs) but we know that may not be the case Mm -hmm. and Many uh, universities, especially those um, that have like smaller number of enrollments of students, mm-hmm. um, their fiscal responsibilities are often um, grounded in student enrollment. So if the doors are not open, mm-hmm. it's going to be a problem. And so due to the fiscal needs for the university to remain open, um, schools are taking um taking into consideration and factors to ensure that when students return back to campus, that they're going to keep uh, them safe. I was recently reading an article within uh, Chronicles of Higher Education, and they were uh, tracking more than 1,000 traditional operating uh, universities. Mm -hmm. And this was um, an article that was uh, June, of obviously, of this year, Mm -hmm. that 63% of universities will offer 
face-to-face classes, 17% hybrid, and 8% will operate under remote learning. Mm -hmm. And for traditional face-to-face universities, they're implementing strategies such as social distance classrooms, increased cleaning, mandated face masks. They're even doing uh, fever checkpoints. Mm-hmm. looking at how to protect students within the dorms just in case if there's a COVID outbreak. Another interesting thing was the modifying of the academic calendar with students uh, starting school earlier and not returning back after the Thanksgiving break. Oh. And yes, and then also increased uh, training, especially for resident advisors to adjust to the new normal. So System-wide, universities are looking at what can they do um, to create more of a safe environment. As well as with faculty, we have been adjusting to this transition from, especially if you're, once again, a traditional brick and mortar, uh, with adjusting your courses from face-to-face to to online. Mm -hmm. And so now faculty members are being intentional on how to engage students through uh, video conferencing as well as being flexible with assignments and due dates. It's a lot of pressure Mm -hmm. that uh, everyone is experiencing. And so even though universities are making adjustments, it's really important for parents and students to be diligent and diligent to protect their own health. And we can't put all of our trust into the academic (laughs) systems, these external systems. Mm -hmm. So college students and parents, please, please make sure you are taking safety measures on a daily basis. We just have to. Yep, yep. Mm -hmm. I I, I was actually surprised by the the numbers um, that you, the percentages that you told me uh, that students are actually eager to get back into classes, I can understand. I can understand that on a on a human level, but I I, I thought that I would have thought that um, there would there would be more. I don't know what word should I use. I don't want to sound alarmist because I certainly am not. Um, but I thought there would have been more reticent um, until we've got you know uh, a clear idea that everything is clean. But you say. No, most of them definitely want to get back in class. Yes, I think in our, I would say, American society, uh, we are impatient. <laughs> and they're probably I did not say that. <laughs> I said it. <laughs> no, you did. No, no, you did. And because of that, um, I believe they're eager. Um, and I believe in the self-determination of, yeah. of students. And if they choose to go back, um, explore all of your options. But if you choose, you have to practice safety. Yes. Um, it, it is just what it is. But so many are, are ready to go back. And it's the fabric of our, of our you know, society, of our educational systems. And we... There's that delicate, delicate balance of safety and protection, but yet we have to keep moving forward. And so it, it is a challenge. But, but are there, what are the advantages of just uh, staying uh, in the moment compared to saying, okay, let's shut everything down, 
um, and and wait until everything is safety. I know uh, financially that will be um, uh, pot- potentially catastrophic, but um, is it only a financial consideration or is there more to it? Are there advantages or disadvantages to, to going straight into it now? I do. Unfortunately, I think uh, that we are seeing this uh, response within our country right now um, is that the, the focus has been upon economics. Mm-hmm. And I believe our school systems are following suit. I believe um, people are getting a little agitated staying at home. And I also believe that uh, students are going to, they're going to take that risk. And at the same time, like we, it, it, it is, it's, it's tough. I don't know how else to say it, but <laughs> I, I, I had this conversation with my niece who is in her senior year at Kentucky State University. Mm-hmm. And she left early because of course of COVID and we have debated back and forth of what should you do? And she's ready to go back like so many other college students. But the good thing is that there are other options such as online or hybrid courses. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we have to look at all of the, the options that we have and take advantage of this time to educate yourself. Mm-hmm. No matter what, like don't stop um, educating yourself and focusing upon self improvement, self development. Mm-hmm. Um, but be wise mm-hmm. to make sure that you're protecting yourself. Does your institution deal with a lot of international students, or is it? Uh, uh, I know it will be largely American, but do you have a a large international force or no? We do have a partnership um, with. Um, with another university, another international um, university, I want to say it's based in Jamaica. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but we are primarily all online. And so oh, I, I made a huge shift <laughs> to <laughs> online learning about two years ago. And uh. I'm grateful that I did. Mm-hmm. So I have this balance of most of my experience being at a brick and mortar university, but primarily right now I'm online, but I still collaborate with and conduct research with um, other of my colleagues that are at face-to-face um, institutions. And we just have to adjust. And um, because of the borders and limitations of travel, the online platform is the best alternative to support students. Um and sometimes students think that online learning is easier. No. <laughs> As someone who's leading an online program, it's actually a lot harder. Harder for the faculty member and harder for the student because it requires a lot of discipline, a lot of um, accountability. Mm-hmm. And especially if you are a traditional student, you want to have that immersion experience often that requires for you to go on campus. Mm-hmm. But now adjusting to that online learning is a big cognitive and mental shift. And so, but the biggest overall premise is to not stop growing and learning. And we have so many different options now um, to take advantage of and to protect our international students. They may want to consider 
obviously, um, that online um, platform to continue to stay engaged. Okay. Well, when we're back, um, you might have answered this question, but I'm going to be asking you whether there's a silver lining or a golden opportunity that is available to us now. We'll be right back. We are probably not our best self when we are not our healthy self. So check on your health, physical and emotional. Visit thejourney.riosports.com. Click on your health. I am back with Dr. Jonah Tay. And Doc, um, is there a silver lining or a golden opportunity afforded us now since we've gone through this horrid experience or are still experiencing it? How do you see that? Yes, I think that just the silver lining and golden opportunity is consistently there. It's all about our mindset. And I believe we all, all of us, have experienced this pressure. And when pressure happens, who you are and what comes out of you, (laughs) it reveals a lot in that season, right? We all have just, I would say we all should wear a cape to keep pressing through this (laughs) during this season. We are all superheroes in my mind. And it's hard to push through and think positive, you know, in the midst of challenging times, but we have to make an opportunity of this moment. Um, for example, a good friend of mine, we're actually making an opportunity of this moment. We are, we created something called the jam show <laughs> and it's Jonas and Mercedes. And we just connect by zoom and we're just been having these really great conversations. And so we thought about let's, you know, make a YouTube channel or a podcast. Ah. And it's because we're like-minded individuals and we want to help each other and and help other people. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that he's done was he's also a life coach Mm -hmm. and he wrote a book called While You're Out, While You Were Out from Work. And the purpose of the book is it's a life application and transformation guide to help others who um, felt discouraged or um, discouraged and despondent uh, while they've been unemployed. Mm-hmm. And it's an amazing read, and especially with the pressures of what uh, we're all experiencing right now. And so in this season, like you're saying, this is a silver lining or golden opportunity that's afforded to us that we can reflect on our career path, mm-hmm. that we can look at, do we need to make a shift? Because due to unemployment or furloughs, do I need to go back to school? Do I need to take another course? Um, Maybe I need to launch a business. And so taking the moment and consider taking action steps based on reflecting, like, what's your unique talent that no one else can do that's better than you? Mm -hmm. You can connect with other friends or a mentor, create a, a game plan, um, tap into your creativity. You can rebrand yourself, put information online, just get moving during this time. You just don't want to stay stuck. Mm-hmm. 
feeling frustrated or feeling from the pressures of all the negative media content that we've been hearing about, Mm -hmm. but you want to take advantage of this opportunity. Um, And so there's so many resources out there to help uh, take you to that next level of whatever your desires are. And so many people are afraid to go to college and pursue their degree dreams. And so I'm here to help. Um, if anyone uh, needs help with that as well. But to me, this is a this is a great opportunity, especially if someone is unemployed or furloughed, to go to college. Think about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, you mentioned um, that uh, new podcast. Have you guys released the podcast uh, as yet? <laughs> we, <laughs> we have a website that we're working on right now that's been published, so I'll share that with you. Okay, <laughs> oh, I'll look for it. I'm eager to... Go check it out and to share it. That's what I ask. So uh, I'll keep touching bases with you. I'm looking forward to hearing this one. And what was the name of what was that? The name of the book and that author again? Yes, his name is Mercedes Fuller, and the book is titled "While You Were Out from Work." Ah, mm-hmm. that's that's I love it. All right, what yes. what should students be doing to prepare themselves for the reopening? Um, now, um, and I'm, I'm not only in terms of safety, what should they be doing to prepare for a higher learning period? Okay, okay. The biggest thing to me is working on your mindset. Okay. Um, and especially, this is a huge shift right now with talking with students about the pressure that they're feeling. And it's so much of a fear of the unknown mm-hmm. and getting out of your comfort zone. And so to shift this, your mindset during the season to weather the storm and to be flexible, mm-hmm. it's really important for students to practice emotional intelligence mm-hmm. in the season. Mm-hmm. We're seeing a lot of emotional outbursts in the best in grocery stores mm-hmm. and arguments in retail shops or you could be posting something online that will later on can catch up with you. Mm-hmm. So you want to make sure that you're practicing emotional intelligence. And once again, with the mindset, you have to keep your hope alive. You have to see the vision of where you want to go, what you want for your future mm-hmm. to propel you through this tough time. So focusing upon your career goals, even looking for internships right now, if you are a sophomore, junior, mm-hmm. even if they tell you no, that they won't have you come into their building, inquire if you can conduct research for them, if you can do things remotely. You want to position yourself, even with opportunities, um, after you graduate. Um, so focusing on your mindset and then definitely taking action. And also... It is important for me to, I do want to mention something about safety, mm-hmm. because what gets students is not what always happens in the classroom. It's what's going to happen to them outside of the classroom. Mm-hmm. So you want to make sure that your university does have a very clear um, policy. So parents and for students to focus in upon what are those COVID policies, 
mm-hmm. but also take into consideration the socializing that's happening mm-hmm. outside of the classroom. Mm-hmm. Um, I love to travel, and I think about when the airline stewardess will say, put your mask on first. Mm-hmm. before you give it to someone else or to your children. Mm-hmm. It's really important to do that. Let me share with you a quick story. Um, a star athlete who's a good, uh, he's like, I could say like my play nephew, I just found out that he captured, you know, caught COVID. Mm-hmm. And his mother accidentally drank out of his glass. Mm-hmm. Now, the mother has COVID. Mm-hmm. The father has COVID. Mm-hmm. And when you're talking about campus life, mm-hmm. people may drink after each other. They may vape. <laughs> so mm-hmm. they can eat <laughs> all utensils. Mm-hmm. So being aware of how they interact um, during that time, or even if you're a college athlete, what are you doing um, to make sure that you still are you know physically fit but you're protecting yourself um you may want to consider staying off campus um but you have to just position yourself for those opportunities that have not exist that don't exist yet mm-hmm. by conducting your research looking for internships um preparing yourself to stay strong um will during this season um keeping your hope alive seeing your vision in front of you of where you want to go, mm-hmm. and then also taking, you know, safety precautions, especially within the dorm room and socializing, because that's the fun thing about campus life. It's not all about what's happening in the classroom, but those things that happen outside of the classroom. You're absolutely right. And, you know, um, but there's something that you said that, that caught my attention. Uh, of course, I, I as well speak to a lot of uh, students, high school students trying to go into college, and college students uh, for whatever reason, whether it's business or life or something like that. And, 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 and it's something that you said as one aspect of that fear factor that had never occurred to, to, to me. Um, and I don't know if you could address it again. When, when, I, I, when I think about wanting, when I was going into to college, when I began, it's the most eager thing for me. I wanted nothing better than to go to college. But I thought you said that some people are fearful of making that transition. And it ne- I, 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 I don't know if that's a big fear factor or I misheard you, but it's something that I never consider. I always enter thinking that people are excited to get there. But you're saying no, not necessarily? Or did I misread they, you? Oh, I mean, they are definitely, especially from that high school to college transition, mm-hmm. they're it's that nervous energy. They are excited, mm-hmm. but ext- they are fearful. And what I mean by that, I have been, I would say, blessed to participate in um, that college transition, working with um, first-year students, second-year generation students, mm-hmm. um, or like we can have a camp, and I can have, let's say, imagine like 100 students in a room and they're all somehow talking about the aspects of getting out of their comfort zone or um, feeling bad because they're leaving their family and their friends behind uh. or they struggle with um, feeling homesick or lovesick. And so to sit in a room and have, let's say, I'm hosting an event and it's like 100 students and they're all sharing these emotional um 
like just being vulnerable and mm. sometimes it's an unspoken thing mm. but most students do experience that and they feel that but I also encourage students to tell them that you really don't have that much time to transition you have to do your best mm. um, and so they're definitely getting out of their uh, comfort zone right. and I just think right now it's just because we don't know what college is going to look like right now mm-hmm. and so that's the fear of the unknown mm-hmm. and being in the unknown is just extremely uncomfortable because we like to control uh and you know predict what's going to happen next and because we can't foresee what's going to happen it's just sharing these um ideas to make sure to shift your mindset um practice safety and being wise not just what's happening within the classroom, but make sure that you're protecting yourself outside of the classroom. It's it's such a different time, too, for us because a lot of social interaction with students is done through a computer. Right. And so to have face-to-face interaction, a lot of people suffer from social anxiety, Um, even especially right now, isolation. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are introverts, and just how to navigate through college um, systems can really cause a lot of intimidation for a lot of students. And I I mean, I wasn't extroverted. I don't want to give that impression. On the inside, I'm extremely extroverted, but I, I was... On the outside, you see another quiet fellow that's always, as you know me, I'm always smiling and laughing. That has always yeah. been <laughs> so. But there's an eagerness that was there. But no, but the point, and not not about me. I'm going off about me here. Um, you actually, I it you just, I just, it just registered how important it is to recognize that um, that this transition is also a very fearful one for 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 that re- for those reasons. I never, yeah. I hadn't thought about or thought, uh, had reason to think about. I'll be right back with you for one last question. Is that okay? Sounds great. The Merit Blueprint. Everything you need to know to succeed in college and in life. Get your mindset right. Get exposed. Elevate your relationships. The Merit Blueprint. Created by Dr. Jonate. Visit drjonate.teachable.com. The Merit Blueprint. I am back with Dr. Jonate. Doctor, can you talk to us about online learning? Yes. Um, You know, my first uh, experiences as a college professor was face-to-face during my doctoral program at Ohio State, and I taught undergrad and master's students, and I absolutely love face-to-face learning. And I did that for, mm, I want to say, starting since 2003 (laughs) until about two years ago. Mm-hmm. I wanted to explore more about online learning. I've experienced conducting courses through a hybrid component mm-hmm. where it's a little bit of online as well as face-to-face, but I've never been 100% online. And do you know what I discovered? What? Is that online is, is really hard. 
Mm. It is hard. It is hard for the student and it's hard for the faculty member. And often people would think that online education is easier, but it is definitely not. I think I mentioned that before. It's right. that you have to place a demand on your time. You have to be an independent learner and you have to take accountability of your learning. But it's, it has lots of advantages because you can go online typically at any time so you can be flexible However, the demand to sit down and read a lot of content and be disciplined to do that instead of going, 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 saying you're interacting with others and listening to a professor to lecture, mm-hmm. um, it, online is a completely different uh, learning um, style and you have to adjust yourself um, to, to prepare yourself um, for online learning, but I do believe it's the best way in this pandemic mm-hmm. to remain safe, and it's also, um, to me, the best way to stay um, on the cutting edge. Um, often, as as lecturers, I will still consider myself to be a lecturer. We're we want to connect with people and connect with students one on one within a classroom setting. Um, but we we have to shift now. Um, and the options of the online learning or a hybrid component to take this time, even if you are a non-traditional student, to um, focus in upon self-improvement is mm-hmm. really important. So to do something for yourself, if that's seeking a college degree or a certificate or continuing your own, like continuing education courses, it's important to work on your personal and uh, professional development. So um, a quick story, I was asked to sit on a panel, um, this uh, uh, organization called um, Sisters in Higher Education that was created by uh, Dr. Natalie Jones. And this was, I want to say, at the beginning of COVID. (laughs) And it was a virtual panel that had over 200 um, minority women in higher education to be in attendance. And so great opportunity for networking. And actually, that's what I was asked to present on. Mm -hmm. And there was an attendee who reached out to me because I talked about one of my books um, that don't even think about getting your PhD. Mm -hmm. And she reached out to me and she expressed to me how she was afraid to get into a doctorate program. Mm -hmm. She really wanted to do it, but didn't know how to get started. Mm -hmm. So I was like, look, let's meet, let's connect on a weekly basis and let me help you. Mm -hmm. She, during that time, became furloughed as well. Mm -hmm. And through this season of her attending that conference, her being furloughed and pushing out of her, pushing herself out of her comfort zone, mm-hmm. she applied to two PhD programs, and now she she got accepted into both of them. I, I'm, I'm so excited for her. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's just like, and she's like, I'm going to go online and um, she's going to look for part-time work, but she's able to complete her PhD completely online. And so now during this time, it's like taking advantage of that moment of these moments 
And I just want to encourage even your listeners that your skills, gifts, and talents are needed. Through this pandemic, we need more social workers to work with police officers and criminal justice systems. We need more mental health counselors now because of our social isolation. Mm -hmm. Um, The need for nurses and doctors and public health workers, lawyers, ethical politicians. Like, I hope people are seeing that their gifts and talents are needed. And for some people, going to college is their path. And for others, um, pursuing a, a certificate is just as great. Or pursuing a trade or starting your own business the thing is just do something and take advantage of this time. And we just have to be comfortable being uncomfortable, sometimes <laughs> even with our online platforms. But it's definitely a lot of advantage right now. Doctor, this is wonderful information, um, both inspiring and informative. Um, I'm so glad, as I told you before, that you came on. But before we part ways for this particular podcast because you know i'll invite you again uh can can you tell us again how to get in touch with you yes um definitely um reach me at drjonatay.com and definitely um reach out to me on instagram if you send me a direct message and put in uh, the college journey i will make sure to follow up to send you a gift. I love helping and giving um, to others. And so um, please reach out to me and however I can help you. Um, I'm here to support you to achieve your degree dream. Dr. Joe, thank you so very much. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate this. Thank you. Thank you. The Journey is available free on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, Rio Sports Radio, and several of your favorite internet platforms. Download, embed, and share via any of the social media you love. TheJourney.RioSports.com Stay healthy, stay safe, be strong. See you next week.